Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as they discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. Hey everybody, it's Christina. Thanks for listening today. On today's episode, we have Latrice Murphy, a portrait photographer out of Aurora, Illinois. And on today's episode, you'll hear how she began, how it started off as a hobby and turned into a full-blown photography studio. We talked with her about being a Black woman-owned business and how she's using her voice to amplify um, Black women in photography. We talk all things um, small business life and what it's looked like as she brings her kids along. I think you guys are going to love the episode. Make sure to stay tuned at the end of our conversation with her because Jenny and I have been kind of just going back and forth about what we loved from our guests. So if it takes a pause right after she leaves, just know we're coming right back on to chat about what we loved about the conversation. If you want to learn more about Latrice, you can find her on Instagram at LatriceMurphyDP. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Small Business Sisters. We're so excited to be with you today. And welcome, Latrice. We're so glad you're here. We can't wait to hear about your story. So you are a super talented photographer, designer, card maker. (laughs) Uh, Actually, everybody, if you any of the professional looking pictures on our Instagram that Christine and I have together, that was Latrice Murphy. She's awesome. So we have fun stories from that shoot. Like when we took off our shoes and we thought there was glass everywhere (laughs) under that bridge. (laughs) But anyway, welcome Latrice. I mean, we for sure got some diseases from under that bridge. I mean, maybe, maybe, but it's all for the sacrifice of the brand, right? (laughs) Oh my God. But Latrice, why don't you start from like, how did you, have you always been into photography? How did you start? How did your business uh, birth or be born? (laughs) Birth. (laughs) How was it birthed? It was around the birth of my first child, actually. Oh, look at that. Um, No, I was, I do not have like a degree in photography. Like a lot of people go to school for it. And, um, that wasn't something that I had discovered that I even was like into when I was in college. Um, so I actually have a bachelor's degree in architecture and design. Um, and then I practiced architecture and did houses and all that stuff until, probably 2008 when like the housing market just crashed <laughs> and my job crashed also. <laughs> so then I actually started with card making. That was, that's how the card making works into what I do. Um, I was doing scrapbooking and crafting and card making and making invitations and stuff for people. Um, and then I just was taking pictures of my own kids. You know, I had just my daughter then, um, taking pictures of just her and my sister-in-law had just had twins And so I took pictures of her twins their entire first year um, and put like this massive scrapbook together for her. Um, And everybody was like, you really should like do this as a job. Like these pictures are so great. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So (laughs) so I I didn't really do it professionally until 2013. That was like my first paid shoot that I charged somebody for. But other than that, I was just doing it from like 2008 to 2013, just for fun. 
Wow, that's awesome. So I didn't realize the card making was first. So yeah, that, so and- I was working I was working for a bunch of like stamp companies, a bunch of ribbon companies, just companies that made like scrapbooking paper and things like that. So yeah, that was like my job. I was going to like crafting conventions and stuff. Like <laughs> I was a big scrapbooker back then. I love that. That I know that was like the heyday of scrapbooking I feel like for our age range because I know like Christina's mother-in-law is still really into scrapbooking (laughs) but I remember we went through a phase of everything handmade and you still do that the handmade cards Mm -hmm. yeah because I have so much stuff I literally have a Joanne store in my (laughs) home office like it's it's ridiculous so I I'm like all this stuff I need to use so like everything I use to make my cards at your store is stuff that I have already Oh my goodness. Which oh, yeah. So, Latrice <laughs> is one of our artisans at Light and Pine. Okay, so let's chat about this for a second. You, for five years, you hobbied taking pictures. What people were telling you you should do this as a job, what actually pushed you into, okay, I'm going to start charging for this service? I mean, I think it was mostly, um, so my first session was a friend. I worked at Archivers, which was this big scrapbooking store. Um, and she had just had her first baby and she was like, I really, she's like, will you take pictures for me? And I'm like, uh, you know, you're so skeptical to like even do stuff for friends. Um, but she was like, no, we'll pay you. I think it was like $50. You guys, like you guys know my prices now. So <laughs> I was like, $50 is amazing. So she kind of talked me into it. And then from there, more and more people were like, Hey, like, are you going to do this in the fall or you do holiday stuff? So yeah, it kind of just, it was more friend motivation. So like my sister-in-law, I guess, was mm -hmm. into it. So now it's been nine years since Mm -hmm. then. So what, because yes, your prices have increased, which they should as you get better. But how did you, how did you, um, so I guess, how did you structure your payment process? Like for, for a product, we can easily just times three of what we're making times three times four. Um, but for a service, like what, how did you create your pay structure for that? So it's similar to that. Like now that's something that I follow. I knew nothing about like cost of doing business. Like thing I set up right from the beginning, which a lot of people don't do. Um, but I was just like, oh, I think this is what it's worth, $50 for, you know, and I was a shoot and burn photographer, which is like, I shoot your session and you get all the digitals on like a DVD. Um, And then as I kind of went on, I learned, I went to some photography conferences and learned from other people and they're like, this isn't the way you want to do it. Like the amount of time you're putting into it, like you're not making money. So then I was like, oh, I'm not making any money. (laughs) So then I, yeah, I just started kind of like slowly increasing prices, you know, and I kind of kept them based on like my skill level. Like I'm obviously not going to charge somebody what I charged today back in 2013 because it's not the same. (laughs) The pictures don't look anywhere the same. Yeah, I was going to ask about, so service-based industries intrigue me because you're really like valuing your time versus where a Mm product-based business it's like materials and supplies and then maybe a little bit of time so how where do you feel like the bulk of your time 
goes in your work? Is it mostly editing the pictures? So for for me, it's um, my time, like say I have a session fee. That session fee covers the time that we're together during the session. But then I also take in like, I've learned lighting. I've learned all these different skills that some other photographers don't do. Um, that's, you know, that's worth my time. Um, and then editing is a big chunk of it, but I'm looking to maybe like outsource some of that just to like lower some overhead in my, on my end and, and value my time more. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I never thought about, I know we talk about hiring out for products, um, like packaging and all of that stuff, but Yes, absolutely. Why wouldn't I even think that you would hire out for service-based as well? That's a really good idea. Because I've heard from photographers that editing is the longest. Oh, yeah. And it depends. So, like, I've gotten to the point where my images straight out of camera are very close to what I want the final product to look like. So my editing process is much quicker than it used to be. Um on top of like taking Lightroom courses, taking Photoshop courses to make it faster. Like the workflow is just way faster now. Um, plus I'm really picky. Like I have to have a person who like knows my editing style to perfection in order to trust them and pay them money. For <laughs> right, it. right. But I, I like the editing process though. So too. That makes sense. I was going to ask that if you like all the skills you're learning, you get to a place where it you don't even have to edit that much because you learn like your camera. This is from a total novice. So I don't even know if I'm using the right words, but you learn like your settings and everything, how to do it manually without having to then go edit right. it. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had some images like, like a lot of my high school seniors, which is what I predominantly shoot. Um, like I'll show them their gallery you know, all I'll do is crop and, you know, maybe take out a major distraction and before they see a gallery. So then they, it, those images are fairly close to other than like skin smoothing or blemish removal. Those are fairly close to their final product. Just, and that's based on like me learning lighting and me learning like how to get things right in the camera basically. So I was going to ask your specialty, but you said high school seniors just now is like Mm -hmm. your favorite. What got you to that point like did you try other things so I started out as a newborn photographer in um like working in the hospitals for like Bella Baby oh really which is like everywhere so I worked there for probably almost three years um and had photographed like close to 300 babies you know it's just like and they make you and it's hard work Like one day you have two babies, one day you have nine babies. Like it's crazy. Um, So just kind of got tired of like working with babies. I mean, (laughs) I love them, but it's a lot of work. And I had my own babies. So I was like, I'm hanging out with other people's babies. Um, So I think by then I had George. So he was a baby. Um, But my nephews, so my nephews are quite a bit older than my kids. So they are like six or seven years older. Um, So when they hit high school... I was doing images for them and then I started taking on like their sports photography. And then that's kind of where I was like, Oh, I really love working with teenagers. Like this is so much better. So then I took some like senior photography 
you know, classes and things like that. And it just like worked out. Like I knew everything about a teenager I needed to know before my kids were (laughs) teenagers, basically. My (gasps) sister's kids are a handful (laughs) or they were, they were. Well, yeah, I have to give Latrice a shout out because, well, you've done lots of stuff. We've done family sessions. Both Mm -hmm. of my branding sessions with Illuminate Space have been with you. But um, Trevor, my 16 year old, Latrice got him to smile. Like one day, like when we want him to be a senior, what do you call your senior team? Oh, influencer. Yeah. So tell us about how, like, what is that? What is the idea behind your influencers? So it, it initially started out as like a model team. Um, but then I kind of, after a couple years, I'm like, okay, for, I wanted more boys to be on the team or more boys to be like, oh, I might want to do that. Um, so I didn't want to call it like a model team because that seems a little bit more feminine than, you know, plus I didn't want them to think like it's a modeling agency or I'm going to get jobs or whatever from this. It was more of like, I want you to be a model teenager. Like you're a good person. Like other teenagers are seeing you having fun doing good things. Um, so then I kind of switched it to influencer just because that's like a trending term for sure. Like amongst that age group. Um, but then I want them to be a positive influence at their school on social media. Like if I see something crazy on their social media, like I'm like, eh, we can't do that. <laughs> or, or if I, or if they want to be on the team and I see they have a crazy, you know, Instagram account, I'm like, eh, you know, not everybody makes the team. So, um, it's more about just being positive and influence amongst, you know, other, your age group basically. And then I, I use images we shoot for marketing and, um, it, it helps me stay tr- in within the trends for that age group, basically. What I love about I'm old, I'm old, yeah, but you're not because you stay, oh, you I'm do old. stay up on all the trends. And what I love about the, your whole influencer program is you noticed a gap in the market kind of, but not really a gap. Like people do senior pictures, but you like built on that and created a team that then you're promoting that you do senior pictures, but there's like this whole elevated uh, brand, I guess to it that they're like, well, I want to be on this team and I want to influence. And so you've like created this new thing that I, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And because I feel like for, um, uh, when somebody's going to go take pictures, they're always like, do you have a suggestion like for this? And so there's nothing like if uh, we went to a very small high school up by you guys, but if one person had said, oh, I used so-and-so, the whole grade would have used so-and-so. So you're building such a good rapport in that area where people are going to use you, which yeah. is good. It's marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're having fun. They're getting pictures from those sessions. Um, and I always you know, a lot of the shoots that you guys see on my Instagram, like they've had input on because I'm not going to come up with an idea that they are never going to want to post that they are not going to share on their story. Like that doesn't help me. And that doesn't make them look like they're having fun. But, um, like the number one thing about that group is confidence building. And then I'm, they're getting to know me so well by the time their senior session rolls around that their senior session is like, the best shoot that they've had with me the whole time. And like, I know their style perfectly and, you know, we have fun the entire time and we laugh and it's ridiculous. Um, but then they're, they're way more relaxed and, you know, it's more of like getting to know me 
over time and then it makes my life my life less stressful too i get nervous before every shoot still so do you really you don't seem nervous at all i get nervous Mm -hmm. well i get nervous all the time about everything but whenever i've done a shoot with you i feel like you're I like draw on your confidence. I do not get nervous and love being in front of the camera. (laughs) I don't like being in front of the camera. Oh my gosh, it's the worst. That's why your job is being behind it. I feel bad. I'm like, this is why everybody seems weird and nervous when they're like with me. I'm like, I would hate this. (laughs) I like, it's so weird for me because I have such bad body image issues like I mean deep rooted like that have caused mental illness disorders but it's so weird I think one of the things that has brought healing to me is and I don't know if y'all ever do this but we're hardest on ourselves in the present time and so I'll go back to pictures from times where I remember in my head being like, I don't like the way I look, like blah, 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 blah. I'll go back to pictures from that time and I'm like, why was I being hard on myself? Like, I don't understand. And so I think that's, I also don't mind attention, but I think that's why I like being in front of the camera because I know even if I'm hard on myself that day, at some point I'll go back in time and look and be like, I remember feeling this way or this way. And like, why was I hard on myself? And I feel like not enough of us, not enough enough of us give us, give ourselves time in front of the camera to remember ourselves back then, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. It's hard though. Like I grew up an athlete, so I'm like, oh, things aren't looking how they used to look. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what is that? Honey, what is that? (laughs) Oh. Yeah, it's it's hard, but it's I yeah, I definitely don't like put out that kind of energy during a shoot for sure. And especially with teenage girls. Mm. Like, and I have my own, you know, 16-year-old girl, so and and she's pretty, been pretty well. Like she doesn't have like, I don't think she has body image issues other than being a six foot tall um, girl. <laughs> she, she, I think she loves being tall, but <laughs> she's so funny. But yeah, she's helpful in like me staying trendy and staying like knowing how girls feel about themselves and stuff like that. But, yeah, I bet yeah. you get them on their most confident days, though, because I feel like they've probably picked out special outfits. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I know our mom let us go get our makeup done, like for our senior pictures. So I bet you and I bet your energy of like, oh, my gosh, it looks so good. If you show them one of the pictures, like I'm sure yeah. that kind of builds up their confidence during the the shoots yeah it's fun so like before my shoots like if they're not on my influencer team and they're just an outside client that has found me there's a whole process that we kind of do and I try to break down those like walls before we get to the shoot date um so there's like a questionnaire they fill out that tells me you know your favorite store your favorite movie this gives me stuff to talk to them about during the session too what a good idea Um, that's smart yeah yeah so I get all this information on them favorite food favorite snack like maybe I'll have their favorite snack um when they're getting their hair and makeup done or something um but most of my shoots include hair and makeup. So that's like 35, you know, minutes to an hour of them just like being pampered um, before we even start. So we kind of like play music and we we chit chat and talk and um, 
And then a few weeks before their session, we talk about clothes. So like what girl doesn't want to talk about clothes? Um, (laughs) So it's fun. So I have a whole like style closet in my studio that they can use and they can bring their own stuff. They can try on clothes and we do like TikToks of them trying on clothes and all kinds of crazy stuff. (laughs) It's a lot. That's, That's so fun. So cool. that I was love that. not my senior picture experience. Mine neither. Mine neither. I would. Mine I want to go back and do them with you again. That's so cool. All the ways you've been innovative to like really make it an experience for the senior because senior year is such a big deal, and you're like mm-hmm. creating a really special event for them. So that leads me to the question about. I know getting your studio was a process (laughs) so how tell us about your studio like what do you have different areas set up or do you constantly change it out or what do you do at your studio okay so my studio yes it's constantly changing (laughs) constantly changing um whether I'm having like an influencer shoot and we've picked a theme. Like I think on my Instagram, I had like the floral ladder um, that a girl decided like she couldn't decide on a theme for her. She was one of my influencers. She couldn't decide on what she wanted to do. And I always give them ideas. I'm like, what about a color? What about your favorite food? What about like something we could make turn into a creative shoot? So she didn't really have an idea. Then I had had that ladder idea forever. Um, So I do usually have... Yeah, it was fun. Um, my studio is big enough to have like four or five sets up at a time. So like around Christmas, I have four sets up. Um, and then it's just a giant open space. I have like my meeting area. I have a little office area. I have shooting area. And then I have a stud, the style closet, which is like just a whole wall of clothes and shoes and hats and jewelry stuff like that that's awesome do you just hang out there and do all your tiktoks <laughs> okay, I, so I have been trying to go there i've been trying to do them there just so people can like see stuff in the background so like definitely when there's a new set like you'll see I, i'll like mass produce tiktoks in like the same spot and then i have to like work them into like sharing them um, or I'll move around and stuff. So there's a bunch of different like backgrounds, but yeah, I've been trying to do them. I've been trying to do my, like take my Mondays off for content creation. So that's smart. Uh, that's yeah. like good yeah. batching. I tried to batch a bunch of my reels. So TikTok, but you do reels too, right? Do you post your TikTok video on reels or no? So sometimes I will, even, even if I record it in TikTok, it's easier Recording in reels is not easy for me. I don't know okay. why, like, the music doesn't sync sometimes or it starts late, like, their countdown. I get, yeah. It gets me so The countdown when you do, um, like, the, the sayings lip sync, yes. that countdown is – mine are always messed up it's right at the beginning. On. <laughs> so TikTok is always, like, right on. So sometimes I'll record it in there and then save it and post it to reels, like, where you can save it without, like, the TikTok logo or something. Yeah. Or I'll make it – or I'll make it in um, like either CapCut is a video app or like VN if you want like a cool one that like syncs to the music or something. But. Yeah, that's a good idea, though, to record them like all in one day. I actually did that recently, but my mistake was I wore a shirt with words. So then I had to go 
flip all the videos and now oh. a shirt with words like I feel like people recognize that so now all my reels look the same so see, I changed my outfit see that's smarter I should have like I- planned either like <laughs> solid color shirt that no one's gonna remember or yeah. a few different outfits but that's smart yeah I'll just change like my shirt I'll take like three shirts to the studio or I'll pull something out of the style closet while I'm there yeah, <laughs> just, like, that's throw genius. It on and then just put it back that's I need idea. to come to your style closet <laughs> So what made you, because you've been doing this for seven years, what made you get a studio, decide to get a studio? Um, Okay, so I've had a studio for, I think this is my sixth year. So, oh gosh, I don't really, I think it was more of the sports photography that I was doing. Like I needed a place to have an athlete to be able to come in and try out cool things. And like my living room at my 1500 square foot townhouse wasn't working. (laughs) So, so, and I, and I did, I shot like my first few years, we were in a 1500 square foot townhouse and literally I would set up in my living room and my poor clients, like luckily it was his friends then and they would like squeeze by my couch and like <laughs> we would use the natural light. I didn't even have the studio lights. Like we were just using light from a window. Um, so I was like, okay, this is not working. Well, and then I was like, sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I forget too, in my head, I'm thinking, I don't know a ton of photographers here that have studios, but it's pretty outside all the time. Mm-hmm. So that makes more sense. Like winter shoots, they can still do them outside where yours right. would be clearly winter. Yeah. So for like where you live, um, the photographers I know in Texas will take off part of July and August because it's so hot mm-hmm. or you know, people live in Arizona. So it's like the opposite for us. So if they do have a studio, they're doing studio work during those super hot months. Uh-huh. And then for, for us, I speak when it's snowing and it's so yeah the studio space for me now is like an awe factor I guess like like I want people to walk in and and like the parents are our age so they're like this is nothing like the creepy studio with all the dark rooms that we walked into in 98 99 whatever yeah (laughs) nothing wrong with old guy photography (laughs) (laughs) it was it was shady and scary. <laughs> like, I remember just like, I'm like, are we done yet? Like, yes. <laughs> you just wanted to get out of there. So my studio now was, and one of my kids came in and they were like, or one of my girls, um, they're like, this looks like an Urban Outfitters. And I'm like, that's exactly what we were. There you for. go. That's where I so would I sign up for. Yeah. I just want them to walk in and be like, this is a cool space. Like, this is not what we expected. Um, and so the, the kids get excited right away. And then the parents are like, shoot, now we can't walk out of here without booking. Right. That's right. so smart. That's so smart. Yeah. yeah. So you would say for sure getting a studio was a hundred percent worth it for your oh, yeah. type of photography. Good. Oh, Good yeah. to know. Like I, yeah, I was starting to gather props and like my garage was getting full. And then I think I started renting like a storage unit. And I was like, okay, this is like, my first studio was very small, very small, like 10 by 12, like a desk, a shelf and like enough space for a backdrop. And then the second studio was 1600 square feet. And then this one is 2300. So 
I've, I keep buying stuff. <laughs> yes. It's a problem. And, it's a problem. And so you've said you have children. What ages are your children? So my daughter is 16 and then I have two boys, 12 and 10. Okay. So how, so the youngest is 10, which means for the last seven years. So since he was three, you've been well, just, nine, nine years. So yeah. So well, he was one. Yeah. So how have you always worked photography into being a mom? Um, I think up until, I mean, they're a little older now. I, I mean, a lot of it was weekend work. You know, because my husband obviously was working like, I mean, when we first started out, when I first started out, he was still working, you know, 50 plus hours a week. So and now he's he's his own business owner now. So he's got a little bit more flexibility and same same as I. So it was hard. I think it was just mostly weekends. Um, you know, after he got home, I could finally go. So we were like, you know, what do they say? Ships in the night. Like you just pass yeah. each other. You're like, Hey, hi, who's on the table? I got to go. I'll be back. You know, um, it's a, it's a lot better now. Like we kind of sync our schedules a little better and, um, we're still crazy busy. Cause now we have like sports activities and stuff all over the place. But, um, yeah, I still work. I know some photographers who don't work weekends. I don't mind working weekends. Like, I'm not going to ask people to like take their senior out of school to do their shoot or anything like yeah. that. So well, you can make it by appointment, right? So you can right. add in appointments where you want to do them and take out appointments when you don't want to do them. So that's really helpful. Right. Um, I think all of us in our own businesses go through that ships passing each other on the night phase. Like oh, yeah. we're trying to figure out how do I do this and be a mom and be a wife. Like, mm-hmm. and then you kind of fall into your groove. Yeah. 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 It's hard because, because you start to feel like, like being the mom and being a business owner, you feel like your stuff always kind of comes second. Like, you know, your husband's obviously like my husband makes more money than me. He's like the breadwinner, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, you're like, okay, well you go do what you need to do first. So that was like hard for me. That was some, sometimes I'm like, does it matter what I need to do at this point? Like, yeah, you know, and I'm a one woman show. Like I'll be at my studio up on the ladder doing stuff on my own. I never ask for help. Like, so it's, it's, it's gotten a lot better. (laughs) And some, and my, my daughter will help me a lot too with stuff, which is nice. That's what I was going to ask, because I know I've seen Anna help with shoots and stuff, but do do all your kids, have you brought them along to do stuff like that? Um, only Anna has, like, actually come to shoots, and she okay. knows where, like, to place the light and things like that. Um, but, yeah, she, the other two, my youngest, he always wants to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what can I do? Can I clean the studio? Like, what can I do? I'm like, yeah. But then when it t- comes time to do it, he's like, I'm busy. I don't want to do it. Yes. You know, I like, have similar yeah. issues with yeah. my children. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So it's fun. It, it's funny. They're, they're crazy. <laughs> okay. So 2020 brought on Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Well, not the first year of it but it was a big big old wave with that came black owned business owners and then on top of that black woman owned business owners and so I know Etsy pushes it um, because people want to support that cause want to support people who um, are are in those fields and so is the same in photography are people pushing that 
Um, I do feel like it's become more like prominent. So like in our field, there's very few black women photographers. Um, I mean, if you want to take a total, I don't even know the percentage, but it's low. Um, so I would go to conferences and stuff and not see another black person, another black woman. And I'm like, dang, yeah, (laughs) where are we? (laughs) But, um, but it's gotten better. Like I went to this conference in January and I was happily surprised, you know, to see how many speakers there were that were, um, black. So I do think after that year that a lot of companies, a lot, from what I've seen, a lot of photography businesses, companies, conferences have reached out to, certain people in that in that group and have asked them to become speakers or um you know asked them to do online things i i did my first online speaking event early last year and then i did another one i think in september and then i leave thursday for a conference in florida i speak on saturday so it's definitely that and i'm fine with that like like, you know, people are like, well, does, do you seem like they're like being, they're not using me. They're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to work it in. What other way do you work it in other than asking? Like, you mm-hmm. can't make it seem like you can't feel like you're being used because you're black. Like, do you want to be involved or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I do. So, you know, I, cause I hadn't seen any black women photographers speak until, um, Actually, it might have been right before COVID hit, the January 2020. Wow. Um, another photographer who works out of Chicago. So it's hard to, like, connect with people. <laughs> well, and, like, from an ignorant person like me, since I said 2020, even though it's been so much longer, that mm-hmm. fight for amplifying Black people and Black voices. But I'm... Um, 2020 was when I really started digging in, reading books, um, listening to Black voices, um, and really learning what my part might be in it. And so it's, it's that, it's a really fine line of like never wanting that person to feel used or that it's their job to educate or their job to show up for you, but also of like, amplifying that that voice that you know like how do we amplify you know a black woman-owned photographer except give her this platform um but I it's like a weird fine line like I feel mm -hmm. like some people they don't want to feel like you said they don't want to feel like they're asking you just because Mm -hmm. and so I kind of put myself in the position um like last year I started reaching out to people myself directly like I'm not gonna wait I don't, I'm, I'm tired of waiting for people to notice mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. for whatever reason mm-hmm. so like like the lighting company that I use I'm a sponsor for them I reached out to him and was like hey I think that you're lacking I literally and he thinks that he knows I'm funny I knew him I go I think you're lacking some color <laughs> in your group <laughs> you know because it was all predominantly white people mm-hmm. so then he actually he had me join and then another woman I want to say she's like an Indian um Indian maybe or there's one guy who's Indian so he added some more people to the group that would bring in more I said this will bring in more in your audience also Mm -hmm. if they see people that look like them well and it's just it's that's part of our privilege in the fact that I have never ever ever had to think about representation ever 
from a woman's standpoint point, maybe like in certain areas, like where's the woman here? Why is she not being represented? But never because of the color of my skin. And so that's one thing that I will say 2020 brought me was opening my eyes. And we talked to Kaylee Rohr on here who has black children. She had never thought of representation until one of her um, daughters at ballet said, why are my tights pink? Like yeah. why? Like, and you don't think about that when you don't have to to face that all of the time. And so, right. it, it's also that point of um, like we haven't had to think like is so and so being represented on the speakers for the conference? You know, until you right. start doing the work and you're like, oh, we need to make sure that there's people that look like other people yeah. doing this field. So. I think it's awesome that you're just go ahead and reach out and be like, Hey, I think you need some color on this panel. And I can recommend yep. myself for this panel. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I will do it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's been interesting. Like just being a black photographer in general, like living, we live in the suburbs, you know, like there's not a massive amount, like it's not 50, 50, mm-hmm. There's most of my clients you see on my page are all Caucasian. Um, and it's hard, like even for me to bring in black clients, mm-hmm. like it's, I, and I don't, I have no answer to why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but even that, like, that's why I started putting my face on my Instagram more. That's why I started doing talking more because I felt like they would see my name. Like my name, Latrice is like, you should know I'm black, right? <laughs> like it's not Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> but like, Jenny. I'm like, I'm like, man, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally <laughs> Christina could be more Hispanic. So we won't use that one. It could, it could. Um, so I didn't want people to be like, Oh, like, who is that? Like, Oh, they sound like, and people don't think like that, but it, it does. It happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, if you saw Latrice Murphy designing photography and you saw, uh, you know, Jenny's studio, like, it's okay. Yeah. You might, you might lean towards that way. So I started to put my face out there more so that people could like hear my voice and, and I've, I've been told like, oh, you, you're not what we expected. And I'm like, that's not really a compliment, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you should start saying, tell me more. <laughs> right. Like, mm, I'm like, do you mean like my like, voice? Can you and explain that? I know. It's like a voice thing. Like, I'm like, I grew up in the suburbs. I lived in the city for part of my life. Yes. And like the horrible parts. But most of my life, I lived in the suburbs. Most of my friends were white. Like, it's just one of those things that... I mean, and you get it from both sides. Like, I'll still get people who are like, oh, you talk, you know, a certain way. It's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very much like a I don't care person. <laughs> so do you have it? That's what I like about you. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. Well, then I feel I feel like I can ask you this. I am somebody that, again, like the last two years, like how do I represent all people with my product? But then I just like you said, like, I would never want somebody to be like, you're just using me because of the color of my skin. But I really like want to be inclusive. And, um, and, and I, you think that Aurora, Illinois is that about diversity. You should come to my, well, you are going to come to my small town, Texas, (laughs) um, where, if I were to ask anybody that I knew of color, like it would be 
we're the only people you know of colors that you and it's not but mm-hmm. like so it, do you have like should I push that inclusion piece that way like is it um I feel I feel like w- with what you do like I'm just thinking of like your t-shirts um so like say you were like I wanted to do like a cute little black history month like pocket or something something with some sort of pattern that speaks to an african-american person i feel like yours would need to be like a collaboration with someone else okay so like maybe you bring in uh, an african-american designer that you know or you love their work or you've seen their artwork mm-hmm. or something and then you use that so it's it is hard because if you're because th- like you said like like target right now has all those designers mm-hmm. in their space right and people are on both sides of it. Like, yes, they're supporting them, but mm, I think they're using. But it's going to target. It's, well, and I don't even weird. mean necessarily like make right. It's going yeah, to I don't mean making money off of like a design. I'm more like I want to see black people in my shirts, you know, and show that on my Instagram more than like I probably would never do like a Black History Month design or anything because I don't think that's my place. Mm-hmm. One to 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 be the face of for that but also um making money off that like I would choose probably a donation of some sort if if I ever went along those lines but even like partnering with somebody in that I feel like would they be like oh you're just trying to use me to to because it's not really to amplify my brand as much as just say like I'm for black people like I mean just so because of where it's, I it's live like, it's like all in your approach like okay. some people will say I think you're using me but then that's not the person you want to work with okay like that's all there is to okay. it like you just, like it you know what I mean so if somebody's like oh cool like what do you what what's the point of this and you're like well I want to support another artist another black artist or you know I want to be more inclusive in my in what I'm doing in my store or whatever um and even if you just like like, like you said, it wouldn't have to be like a Black History Month thing. You could just do certain patterns that um, are more more of a feel. Like, we have a different feel. Like, I feel like Black culture has, like, a more bold style, like, whether it's patterns or colors or whatever. Um, it could be something along those lines. Or, or you come out with something that is, like, for everybody, where it's like, oh, it's a little girl's face or something, but you have like a little girl with an afro, you have a little blonde girl, mm-hmm. you have a little Asian girl, yeah. like something that is everybody, but you're including that group yes. into it. I love that. And I That's love the really idea good. of, re- I love the idea of reaching out to a black artist because there is a place where I can print fabric that they have created. Right. That would be yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. I like this. So, yeah. And it, yeah, and it's definitely not like, oh, I just want to do this because you're, it's more of like, I want to support you and your designs and put you out there, mm-hmm. get you out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for sure. Like that is, I feel like every single color should be represented in any, every sort of field, um, whether it be photography, Etsy, um, owning a brick and mortar, all of the, I'm saying all the creative types, but like all of the things. And so, yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Thank you. It was yeah. not your um, job to educate me on that, but I appreciate <laughs> you helping me do that. Talk through that. It's, it, I mean, it's like, if you have a question, ask it like that's, and if the person doesn't want to ask it, then they're just, they're not in the right headspace. Go ask somebody else. <laughs> okay. 
good enough. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's no reason. Like, I mean, I've had people, I don't know, like I'm in a mixed, like obviously my family is mixed. So, um, you know, my husband is white. So like I've had my mother-in-law ask me random questions or my sister-in-law is like, why are you scared to ask me? Like, I don't know about my hair or, you know, something like it could be anything. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I'll tell you about my hair. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I love listening to you, Latrice. I know that. I think you're awesome. So insightful. <laughs> Um, so let's go back to photography for a second. And I want to talk about the hair and makeup since you just brought up hair. It reminded me. So do you have someone on site that does the hair and makeup? Do you just have a station where they do their own? Like, what does that look like? So I have a whole hair and makeup area and I have like a tall director's chair and I have a ring light. Um, and then on my shelves, I have, um, makeup wands because after COVID I was like, nobody is sharing anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have, we have mascara wands, lip gloss wands, you know, disposable combs, all that stuff. Um, so I have a couple makeup artists that I use and it just depends on who's available on the dates that I need. They bring all their stuff to the studio set up and then the girls hang out there in that area and get the hair and makeup done. That's awesome. It it kind of worked out for the time period that your studio was getting finished because that was really the heavy points of COVID and y'all's like when you guys were shut down and stuff, right? So during COVID, I was in another studio. My current studio, I moved in in September Okay, of of 2021. Yeah, you just moved in there because it wasn't open when I came in June. It was still... No, it was supposed to be open. (laughs) It was an ongoing process. Let's chat about that for a second because I just thought of during COVID, what did that look like for you? Like so COVID, I want to say I was at the beginning of like putting my influencer team together and we were supposed to be doing all these BFF shoots. Um, one girl got her shoot in <laughs> before we got <laughs> shut down on what, February 21st or whatever it was, or March 21st. Um, and then I was closed until June 1st. So for what, three months or four months, I don't know what it is. Um, And then the day we were supposed to open that Sunday was all that rioting downtown. That's right. Yeah. So the Sunday I was going to open on Monday and I was all ready. I was in there cleaning and getting ready and everything. Me and my daughter um, left and I was like pumped, had, you know, had headshots scheduled and she sees on her friend's Snapchat that there's all these people marching towards downtown. And I'm like, Oh my God. And it was this, and I'm like, I played? like was this that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember your videos during that. I was freaking out. Like I was like, I don't So me and my husband, cause ran your studio was studio. on like the main street of all that. The happening. Main yeah. Street. Yes. So by the time we got there within 20 minutes, the streets were filled. Um, and then I got like my expensive stuff out of there. So I'm like, okay, if something yeah. happens, I can still work. So we get home and we're watching all that. But then I was shut down. I think they shut everything down a little bit longer. Um, so it was hard. That that year I lost maybe like six months because we had just come off of winter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, couldn't work. So I kind of pivoted and did stuff that I could do from home. So I did like 
I don't know, like a thousand senior yard signs or something like yes, that. Yes, I and remember like, buying signs oh, from you. I think you did that. Idea. Signs and shirts you did. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So like that like totally saved my business because obviously I was still paying rent even though I wasn't there. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, and y'all were shut down longer than we were. Yeah, it was a long time. Like, yeah, and my landlord was like, there was no budge. Like, he was like, well, I can wait, but it was it was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, yard sign saved me, and then I had like some loyal clients who had siblings of kids I had already photographed who were willing to pay years in advance to help me out. That's so I amazing. had maybe three or four clients that were like, hey, they don't graduate till twenty twenty two, but just put me, sign me up for two. That gave me full body chills. Like it took me back to the time where people before it was ugly COVID, like where people were really like, this sucks. How can I support people locally to me? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I had, um, another girl was like, what can we do to help you? And she did like a, a short GoFundMe. She's like, even if it helps you pay like your electricity bill or something like at, at the studio or whatever it was um she's actually another podcast person she she's funny but um yeah so she helped do that and then I think downtown Aurora had like a whole grant situation that was helpful too okay so so we we got through that but then <sighs> 2021 of January I was like okay do I want to stay in this space or not and being downtown Aurora is hard where I was because with like first Fridays and stuff, I was kind of off the path mm-hmm. of like being involved. Like nobody would want to walk as far as I was. And so I wasn't even doing those. So nobody was seeing my face. Mm-hmm. People would be like, oh, you have a studio down there. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to switch spaces Um I moved out in February of 2021. I was supposed to be in my new space in May, and that didn't happen. <laughs> I didn't get in until September. <laughs> but next time I come, no. I'll be able to see it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she's ready now. She's ready now. I'm just waiting for a garage door now. <laughs> now, when you come, so Latrice is coming to Austin area in a couple weeks. Are you still trying to fill slots or no? So I, I might have some time slots, actually. I'm doing one shoot for actually my CrossFit coach. Her sister lives down there. She just graduated from college. So she's doing like a little shoot with her son and then your branding session. Yes. So that's what I was going to say, because there are definitely people in my area that listen to the podcast. Latrice is coming to town for a conference at the end of February, and she's doing a branding session for Melissa and I. Um, And so she does have a couple slots open. So if you're interested in a branding session or if you happen to have a senior this year needing, um, well, I guess you don't have a studio here, but you could do them outside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so if you are interested, you can reach out to her. We gave her Instagram at the beginning of the podcast. So make sure to reach out to her there. Latrice, we're going to end with you. But before we go, I want to ask you one last question. Okay. Okay. So it's 2008. Your architecture job just collapsed because of the housing market. You pick up that camera. You go take your first hobby set of pictures. What would you tell Latrice? Of that time. <laughs> oh my um, God. That's a great question. It's <laughs> a hard question. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I would tell her 
Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I would be like, why are you putting them in the bright sunlight? <laughs> <laughs> Move them. What are Mind you doing? Stay, lady. Well, so we know you would tell her a lot of things like personal life wise, but like what would be yeah. one piece of business advice you would tell her in that moment? Oh my gosh, like know your worth. Mm. Ooh, that's good. Um, and I'm still like figuring that out now. Like, you know, when you get the people who are like, they don't even say hi in your message and they're like, how much is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not replying to you. Like I, you, everything's on my website, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, knowing your worth is like so important. Like your skill level and your time and your time away from your family and your weekends and your nights me up at 2 a.m. is worth money. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Very valuable. 100%. Yeah. Uh, well, what a great statement to end on. We thank you so much for coming on and just telling us all the things and being open and honest and transparent. We, we appreciate it. And we thank you. Thanks, Latrice. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Latrice. Okay, Jen, that conversation with Latrice was so good. There's not even very much to add because it was... I mean, we kind of chatted in real time, but what was your favorite takeaway from the podcast? Well, I just love hearing how Latrice like saw, like observed her market and then found something that she was really passionate about and built on it. I think the whole teen influencer program is awesome. So that's like, and cause if you think of photographers, that's a heavily saturated market. I feel like uh-huh. that with candle makers too, but there's always room for you to like make that your brand and personalize, mm-hmm. which I think yeah. she's done such a really good job with. So good. And like, if you go to her Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you immediately know like what she does, what she specializes in. And yeah, I, I agree. I really liked that. I also loved obviously all of the stuff she had to say about being a black um, business owner, woman business owner, um, and was shocked as I always am the past few years that there's no representation in that field. Yeah. Or, or, or very little. And, um, so I love that she's kind of, she's this, that personality too, that is like, I'm going to pave my way through this. Like I'll pave yes. way for the people behind me. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And it's just, it's always a sobering conversation to realize like we are growing, but we still have like so much more growth to do. So it's always good to just sure. listen to, to different voices. For sure. Totally agree. Well, Latrice, we thank you so much for coming on and what a great conversation. And for those of you listening, if you're a photographer and would like to hear more about the, she was talking a lot about courses that she's taken. I would reach out to her and ask her what those are because it's always worth um, getting better in your field. We hope everybody has a great day. And just remember, never do small business alone. We're better together. Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.